Haptics Club podcast. I'm Ashley from Titan Haptics. I'm joined by my Haptics crew. We've got Eric and Sarah from Interhaptics, Man of Immunity, Heist and Irina from Sense Glove. The Haptics Club is a team of people with a passion for haptics. Our goal is to raise awareness of all the amazing people and tech that is happening in the space and help foster discussions around the subject. We are happy for yet another season of Haptics Club, and we've got the craziest, most surprising guest uh, this season, which is awesome. And speaking of that, right now we're joined with Thomas Bueller. He's the founder of HapticsClub.io. He's also a product and UX designer at TU Dresden. Um, and there's so much to talk about. Um, within this period of time, we're going to start with, we have an hour. We're going to do five-minute intro, 15 minutes in the area of expertise, 10 minutes on the future of haptics. Ooh, love that subject one. Love that so much. And of course, we'll cover all the challenges and opportunities in the space in the haptics industry. Around the 30-minute mark, we'll stop the recording and open the floor to the audience um, and guest questions that we have. And of course, we'll be ready for that. And anyone who's listening to this right now, you're missing out. That's there's some of the juiciest questions happen when we're not recording. So be sure to check out our next podcast. You can uh, learn more at thehapticsclub.com. We've got a newsletter. Everything's shown there, our, all our guests. Um, and you can, of course, join us at our next live chat every other week. Um, we go live. And with that, let's jump into the chat. Thomas, thanks so much for joining us. Um, it's great to have you here. Happy to be here as well, Ashley. Thanks for the invite uh, to everyone from the uh, Haptics Podcast, Haptics Club Podcast. Super excited to join you today. Brilliant. So let's kick off with an introduction. Can you just kind of introduce yourself to our audience, give them just a kind of a quick background of who you are and what you're up to? Absolutely. Uh, my pleasure. Um, yeah. So my name is Thomas. I'm a designer and creative technologist. I probably call myself. Um, I have a very traditional design education. I studied industrial design a while ago in the southern part of Germany, then continued doing my master's. And within my master's degree, I went quite deep into haptics and multimodal uh, interactions. Um, and yeah, that's where also um, Haptic Labs emerged at the end. Currently, I'm uh, sitting in uh, the east, um, northeast part of Germany in Dresden. And as Ashley, as you mentioned, I'm the founder of Haptic Labs, uh, which is a platform um, building, developing all sorts of tools and goodies for yeah, the next iteration of hapticians uh, to work with. Um, and I'm also involved or have a nice collaboration going on over here in Dresden with the Technical University. Um, so providing uh, researchers with the proper tools um, from hardware to software to build, yeah, prototypes for studies, etc. Awesome. How did you originally get involved in haptics? We love a good haptics origin story. We've heard a lot of, um, you know, Vincent Hayward, you know, uh, Oliver Schneider, where did where's your origin story what how did that all happen how'd you get into haptics <laughs> right very good story um i think i've been working with haptics for quite a while even though i wasn't really obvious uh, to it um it started basically looking into like how devices are being handled so looking at the ergonomical um perspective of products uh, for example I had a lot of projects um, involving medical tools, instruments, and there it's it's fairly essential that it's very straightforward to use, very intuitive, and without even looking at the things you're having in your hand, you need to recognize how they are working. 
And from there, it somehow uh, emerged and I yeah, got a lot of interest into it because also, um, you know, in every product or in most of the products that we are facing in our everyday life, most of them are based on visual output. You have displays, maybe you have touch screens, uh, mostly without the haptic experience or feedback, or you have auditive feedback. Um, but all of those devices are also fairly noisy and loud. They're screaming for your attention. And at some point, I also asked myself, like, why, why is that? Why is there the necessity um, for the type of interactions? And couldn't there be a work uh, around that? And with that kind of mindset, I, I stumbled into the whole topic and thought, super interesting. Let's just take an afternoon to read like uh, a one pager like a medium story and then I know everything about it uh, but it turned out it's just a black hole uh, at the end and yeah it's it's one rabbit hole after each other but that's also what keeps me excited um, because in the beginning it's super overwhelming from psychology to physiology to electronics to mechanics to coding uh, etc but with kind of each step that you're digging deeper into it, you realize how many opportunities uh, you have there and where they are lying around you. And so there's just so many stuff to explore from more traditional, you know, like instruments or, um, or I don't know, like everyday objects, furniture, we have a helmet. Um, so not only looking at the smartphone and yeah, with every more expertise, you tend to discover more opportunities. Um, and that's yeah, how I ended up where I am today, I guess. That's awesome. I love how you described uh, what it's like to start into haptics. Yeah, it's like, oh, I can just, I'll just, just learn a little bit. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, either I've made a huge mistake or I'm gonna be here for, for days, months, uh, weeks and years. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks for sharing. For that someone time. already 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, cool. Then I think uh, it's area of expertise, right, Ashley? Yeah, fantastic. You are mine now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have we prepared uh, quite a, some a few questions, so I don't know if we can go through all of them, but uh, super excited about that. So um, wh what what was really the initial kick that wanted to um, move on from your you know discovery and passion into making a, a business out of that? It's a very good question um because in in comparison to a lot of other startups i would say um haptic labs didn't emerge out of the necessity like from myself to build a business um in the end but it was very much based on my experience as a designer i dug into like haptic feedback and uh, what it takes to to build it and talk to a lot of people try to find experts in the field but kind of the the common feedback was that it's just so difficult and time consuming and that's one of the major reasons in my opinion that it's rarely found also in everyday things and i thought like now i'm i'm getting the expertise for myself but actually i also want to to share it with with other people and because there's just so many topics uh, in the end it's it's very much like a i don't want to say a, a lifetime uh, job but it, it is a full-time uh, job uh, to do it. Um, so also with kind of the, the vision in my head or the aim to, to share 
the learnings that I achieved and make the whole field more accessible, um, not only to designers, but also to researchers, to artists, to engineers, uh, etc. And that's where um, the, the idea of forming Haptic Labs as a business basically emerged because people also um, came to me, they saw I had like a, my, my learnings published on, on the uh, Haptic Labs website and uh, wanted to learn more. And then I thought, well, why, why not uh, try to, to do it as a full-time position? I'm not doing it full-time, um, to, to be honest at this moment, um, but maybe in, uh, in the close future. Um, but really the vision was to, to share um, all my learnings to uh, enable other people to to work with the topic um, and yeah because there was the necessity and the need I thought let's give it a try basically. I, I like the approach like experiment that's so designer <laughs> it's fantastic so um, building a la la last question on the business I promise it's uh, um, it, you, you, yeah, it's, it's my theory I don't know if it's true or not that haptics uh, companies usually fails a bit more than every other company so uh, I started to ask uh, to every folks in the haptic industry is well how you plan to make money basically so what's your plan for making money with a haptics lab if there is one you can be I oh, know if this is just for fun and I do it for education purposes let's say. <laughs> Right, right. Um, maybe coming back from from my story, being honest, I'd love to just share everything I'm doing for free with everyone and just to amplify, you know, the the market. But that's not how this world uh, works. Um, so what we're trying to do, or what our take on it, is to really build like an, an ecosystem around haptics to get people started. Um, so now we are not only developing. The, um, the UI, the software to design uh, the haptics, but also provide the hardware to play back, to attach the actuators. Um, but then the third part is also the, the knowledge itself. Um, and we are really hoping by combining those three assets um, to yeah, leverage um, that kind of content and enable future hapticians uh, with it. Um, so yeah, we are we are currently in a, a beta phase, a beta status um, to evaluate what we are doing. It looks fairly promising, um, but of course you you never know. That's the the startup world, the startup risk. Um, how the next year will look like. Um, but our idea is to yeah share kind of a set of tools um, to put into the hands of the next yeah of students, of designers, etc. To just get going and prototype their uh, ideas, build physical, functional um, yeah, demonstrators, evaluate them with the users, and then also take it into a product uh, in the end. That's the basic idea behind it. So ba basically you plan to charge for the tools or you plan to charge for the license to use the results of the use of your tools? Exactly, exactly. Uh, the tool, sorry, the tools or the license? Oh, sorry, it will be a, a mix. Uh, of it. Um, it, okay. it depends a bit on, on the uh, toolkits um, variant, like what options are in there and who is using it. Will it be for research purpose, for an educational purpose, or is it for a commercial pro uh, purpose? Um, so there will be both sides um, because still my vision is to, to make it as accessible as possible. And that not only comes with the part of being highly intuitive, but also um, affordable. Uh, in the end, um, so we have both worlds, um, which differ in yeah the the functionality in the end. 
looks fantastic and super promising. I'm looking forward to to see how the 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 growth will come in the future. So let's get back to a little bit more your uh, your you know bread and butters. So. Um, Really, uh, we like to ask uh, the T stake to designer, which is how can really developers approach haptics and think about interactions in the same time? What's what's the thought process that they should use? Mm -hmm. It's an extremely important question um, because usually when talking to developers, not all of them, um, but uh, a lot of them. They tend to, you know, let's attach the actuator and make it buzz, and then we are we are done, and then put it into the injection mold and uh, off to the market. Um, but from from my experience, and I, I mean, it's developing a haptic interaction is uh, fairly um, similar to developing a visual feedback or an auditory feedback. So it goes through the design process and it's very much a necessity to develop an intuitive interaction and an interaction that the user in, in the end uh, will appreciate or um, will also like to use. Um, so you have to go through certain phases, you have to do your research, analyze the, the context, who's the user that's going to use it, where is it positioned on the body, um, because it's, it's a tremendous um, difference if you are developing a glove, like a feedback for a glove or for your toe, for your head, uh, for your back, um, or you want to put it into your uh, table uh, or whatever. Um, so kind of the, the environment, the object, uh, what's the age group, um, where will you feel it? Is it like embedded into a device that's already vibrating or producing some mechanical noise and you have to compensate for it? So there's a lot into it and it's super important that you're getting a very deep dive into the, the context um, where the feedback is going to happen. And if you've then done your research, you have to also define what the interaction is going to be. Um, is it like a highly important feedback? Is it mission critical? Is it a notification? Um, and how many type of feedbacks uh, will there be? How many cues, et cetera? And then um, after you set that part, you have to start also prototyping the whole thing. Um, and then super important, as soon as possible, give it into the hands of people or uh, users in the end. And even then, when you went through this not so straightforward process, you always have to have back in your head that you need to do a certain amount of iterations. It's also something companies or developers, uh, even designers often forget that usually it's not the first iteration that go through and then you can put it into a serial production, um, but you have to evaluate and then go back into your definition of the design, maybe even one step back into the context. Um, but yeah, basically the, the earlier you're defining what you want to have in the end, the easier uh, it will get. Because I've also done the, the same mistake in the beginning of, of my career um, to just, you know, take an actuator, throw any type of signal to it and just see what will happen. Um, but honestly, it will never work out um, that you'll create uh, intuitive feedback and one that's so straightforward, so simplified um, that the user will also um, appreciate it. Um, and I think that's the, the kind of major part you have to be aware of to go through this process and of course you also need to have the the tools for that and our vision as mentioned a bit earlier is to 
kind of make this uh, walkthrough uh, a bit easier through like plug and play tools, no code environments, uh, etc. And yeah, hope that's that answered uh, the, the topic, the question from you, Eric. I think we can talk uh, hours and hours about that. So I, uh, it, we love to document the take of each each one that uh, comes under uh, the grills of <laughs> the Haptics Club. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, fantastic answer, by the way. Thanks. So um, let's uh, build a stay in this topic. And you mentioned, like, say, uh, you shared like some valuable lesson, one valuable lesson that you learned during the, this uh, this discussion till now. Um, that be not being too straightforward, let's say, to allow yourself the opportunity to explore. Are there others lessons that you picked up along the way that you would like to share for who would like to approach the use of haptics in their products or softwares? Mm -hmm. Well, um, there, there are a lot of topics uh, along uh, this path. Um, it's, it's, it's not so easy to say like maybe the choosing the right actuator is the most important one probably not but it will have a very big um, impact um, but i think uh, another essential point is also that haptics won't solve everything um, just because it will vibrate or give some some feedback in the end it, it doesn't need to be the the uh, best solution uh, for it um, and i think it's a it's a very interesting point in time because also more and more users, more companies are getting aware of it. Um, but you also have to keep in mind um, that it doesn't become too, too gadgety uh, in the end, because the same applies, like the same um, effect you can have with visual or auditory feedback that is overloading the senses or the capabilities of the users. You can do the same with uh, haptic feedback. Um, so keeping like, um, um, how do you say, um, like the, this, um, uh, the stuff in your head. I'm missing the right term at this moment. Sorry about that. Um, but being a bit not critical. Um, yeah, maybe that's the term um, about what you want to uh, achieve. Evaluate it, um, and then also uh, be open to leave haptics out in the end if it doesn't make sense. I think it's an essential point. Um, but again, uh, I, I don't want to be too too negative on this point. I think there are so many opportunities if haptic feedback is done in the right way, haptic design. Uh, we say in Italy, <laughs> you are destroying an open door. <laughs> 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 yeah, we agree on that. Uh, even if we always say most of the time it's not a good idea to put haptics, but that's another point. Um, <laughs> fantastic. So thanks for the great answer. and. I would like just before giving back the mic to Ashley for the future of haptics, asking one other question. Um, I mean, you are working in use prototyping phases. I think one of the most exciting and fun part in the hapti global haptics implementation when you start to then work with mechanics in the device, that's a terrible one and nobody wants to do this because it takes a lot of time and yes, everything is rattling, so it's terrible. But um, what are really the top three surprising or unconventional uses for haptics that you've seen or you've prototyped? Mm -hmm. Super interesting question. Um, the, the first one that pops into my mind um, is I was working on a project uh, where it was about a, a helmet that you put on 
and to um, tell the user basically it was a navigation system and you know that the traditional one or solution you always see is put an actuator to the left and to the right and then you should be able to to guide someone which also by the way isn't that straightforward um, but the, the solution or one way I, I tried to to conquer it uh, was to not use vibrotactile feedback so just vibration but to to twist the skin on the top of your head so I was putting a servo motor on top of it and then by yeah twisting the skin um, the user was feeling where to navigate to and that was a super interesting uh, evaluation um, because people didn't know what they will expect or will perceive um, so that was uh, a lot of fun um, but yeah it, it's also something when you're talking about tactile interactions tactile feedback everyone's thinking about vibration but actually like pinching the skin at temperature or you know movement along the skin is it's the same um, it's the same topic but of course from a mechanical perspective etc it's it's way more complicated than using an off-the-shelf uh, vibration motor um, so I think that was one of, of the most memorable <laughs> experience from the beginning uh, another one I'd say uh, I mentioned earlier the the um, target group or the user that's experiencing it and I had another project um, that had like the, the target group was a bit um, was I think between yeah around 50 years uh, old 50 to 60 years old and the the level of perception um, of like tactile stimulus on the on the hand um, it, it declines the, the older uh, you're getting and there for the first time I also had users that didn't get what I tried to to convince them that they should feel they, they just didn't feel it at all or it was super uncomfortable uh, more like electric shock uh, in a way. So that was also very interesting. Um, there are definitely ways to to um, work around that. Um, but again, you have to be just um, you have to keep it in mind that, that the limits of the body, not only from like the perception, how many um, uh, receptors are there, but also the type of age groups, um, the type of people you have in front of you. Um, so maybe that that was also an interesting uh, learning in the end. Um, and just to pick a third one, um, I'd say one learning was also um, that the, the uh, how you're perceiving haptic feedback and like it, it works by comparing um, to your previous experience, your your learnings that you've acquired through being a small child to being an adult, like on your everyday um, yeah, interactions, basically. So every one of us also has a different set of um, templates or libraries inside of your head, inside of your body. And so it, it can be also fairly different how people are perceiving uh, the, the type of feedback. Um, so one learning um, for me was also, again, to, to keep it as simple as possible and um, not try to reinvent the wheel, try to pick up on other um, guidelines. Um, it's also a super interesting topic, guidelines for haptic feedback. A lot of uh, great stuff is being developed. Um, I think you also talked um, about that during recent uh, episodes. 
Um, but for example, take um, inspiration from auditory feedback. If something is uh, rising, it's positive. If it's declining, it's rather negative. And yeah, again, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Um, try to make super complex uh, feedback uh, that takes like 10 seconds or something, but keep it short and simple and people will appreciate it and also um, yeah, be able to react on it uh, in a very intuitive manner in the end. Super insightful. Thanks a lot for the, for the nice answer. Uh, I love uh, skin stretch technologies. I use them since a long time and I'm super uh, convinced that uh, they, have a, they have a space in the future and uh, because there's low bandwidth, so you're not overloading with, we are just a gently uh, giving an information. Uh, we don't talk about that next time. Uh, <laughs> I leave uh, the mic to Ashley for our third part, the future of haptics. Awesome. Super exciting. All right. Um, Thomas, I think the first question we'd love to know is where you see haptics being used um, in the future. That's maybe like the most exciting to you. So it could be like gaming, VR, training, XR. Is there a particular space where you're like, oh, this is going to get real good? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think it's, it's rather obvious from, from what I mentioned a bit uh, earlier that I'm excited about like new opportunities in your everyday life. Um, so I'm uh, really much focused on what's haptics outside also of, of gaming, of smartphones, uh, etc. to take inspiration from that end, but then also put it into other uh, objects. Um, and there are so many opportunities. Again, uh, we see it slowly emerging in the uh, automotive uh, sector. Um, it makes a lot of sense because, um, yeah, because of these safety issues, uh, etc. Um, but what I'm also super excited is to integrate it. Actually, for example, in in my home, um, in my table, in my chair, uh, to create like new types of interactions. What if my chair will vibrate if someone knocks at the door or? I don't know, maybe I have a buzzing bed that wakes me up in the morning. Not sure if that's super comfortable or not, um, but I'd be uh, very excited to, to explore that type of field. And um, maybe on the other hand, also to uh, augment the, the, the skill of people. Um, there's a lot of research going on in the medical area, for example. Um, it's, it's a very big challenge to communicate um, if you're working in minimal invasive, um, um, OR, um, missing the term over here, uh, what is it, um, minimal invasive stuff that the surgeon is doing, sorry about that, um, it's, it's very difficult because they're so, so um, focused on experience like the tactile um, stimulus from, from your fingertips and then you have an instrument between your patient and your fingertips and there can be a lot of opportunities in there to make it more efficient, but also make it more secure, kind of augmenting the skills also of the surgeon, for example. Love that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear you say um, implementing it into like everyday objects, but at the same time, it's like there's also the trade off between what makes sense for haptics, what makes it useful, what makes it insightful, what makes it um, kind of enchanting. What or maybe just like a kind of like a quick um, perspective from you of like, how do you decide on something? It's it kind of does it go back to context and the user and what you're trying to achieve? Like, where does that kind of stem from? Just for people who maybe are trying to like get caught up, they're like, well, do I use it or don't I use it, Thomas? 
Share your wisdom. <laughs> Share your ninja ways. <laughs> uh, super good point. And yeah, I, I can just uh, agree. I, I also don't want to live in a world where every object is buzzing and vibrating uh, because that's uh, yeah, that's the least I want to to achieve. Um, but it's it's a very good question and not something you can directly answer, I would say, um, because every object is very different. Every product is completely different. You can't just take uh, like the one haptic design you've developed for, I don't know, your uh, flower pot probably doesn't make sense, um, but then transfer it into your computer mouse or, or something. Um, so you have to um, look at it in a, a separate way. And how I go about it usually is like analyze the, the functionality that you have in the product itself at this moment, but then also think about are there any challenges? The, the perfect way is actually you have a challenge that you are identify with a product interaction from a user and then think about how to solve it. And if haptic feedback is the way, it's the perfect uh, scenario. If not, then it's also uh, a perfect takeaway. Um, but usually, yeah, you have to map it with the, the functionality uh, you have. And this next step will be to evaluate it with uh, a user uh, together uh, to see if there is actually uh, a benefit from it. Um, it's, it's a hard lesson uh, to learn, um, I think, because Hapticians are usually also super excited about their, their field and um, they tend to say, well, this is such a good thing. It will be a tremendous uh, addition, um, but still, if the user won't appreciate it, if it won't work, then it, it's, it's not worth uh, looking into it. So you have to uh, keep that loop uh, ongoing, I'd say. Awesome. That was super insightful. Thanks for that, Thomas. Yeah, it's a little, little bit of a tough question, but um, I think that was a brilliant answer of trying to, you're coming at it from trying to solve a problem um, and whatever outcome that that is, whether it's haptics or it's lights or um, whatever that is, uh, that's really great uh, perspective. And the question, next question, the one that we just love to ask, um, which is where do you see haptics in the next five to 10 years? And you can kind of take it from whichever industry or perspective you want, but after 10 years, what do you got? Right, right. Um, I'm super excited because I think at this point in time, a lot of things are coming together, uh, at least from my experience or my my perspective. I, I haven't been in the game as long as uh, Eric and Ashley, uh, you two, uh, but at least for me, it feels like a lot of uh, things are merging at this moment. Like technology is becoming uh, more affordable. Research is making great progress. Um, um, I think Heisti Saifi um, during one of the episodes mentioned like to make the research outcome more um, not affordable, but more accessible. What are the learnings? What are proper guidance for haptic design, etc.? And with also haptic feedback being a bit more popular in the consumer electronics side, etc., also companies are becoming more aware this is a nice opportunity, people are appreciating it, maybe it's now worth to look closer into it and also take a risk into evaluating um, the, yeah, the benefit, the, the value from that. Um, so with that being said, I'm rather confident that within next five to 10 years, um, a lot of products will benefit from haptic feedback. Um, I'm really 
wishing um, or I really wish that the first step also like novices, students, makers, but also researchers, um, designers, etc. Um, will have the, the proper tools, but also the knowledge, etc. to explore the field, because I think that's also something missing at this moment. You can't just go on Behance or put in to Google what is great haptic design, show me uh, objects, but you, you won't be able to experience it. And that's that's very like a lack of inspiration over there. And I would really wish for like by yeah, getting more people uh, into the field to grow the attention to it, but also show the, the opportunities. And then um, repeating a bit myself, but to, to yeah, um, ease haptic feedback into everyday objects. I think that's that's the, the big thing that I'm excited about. Um, also besides VR, AR, smartphones, et cetera, but take advantage of it in a good way and where it makes sense. Um, but then also to create, yeah, more intuitive interactions, more tangible, quiet, um, yeah, interactions. Awesome, that's great. Uh, Eric, did you have something you're gonna say? <laughs> no? <laughs> we could jam on that for um, probably a very long time. Um, we are gonna wrap up um, this particular episode. Of course, we've got questions happening. Before we do, and before I kind of sign off, I wanna give you, Thomas, an opportunity to, is there something you're working on that you wanna talk about? And how can people um, find you and learn more about um, what you're up to? Thanks, Ashley. Um, yeah, so what we're currently doing at Haptic Labs, I, I mentioned it earlier, but we're, we're trying to develop tools uh, to make the market or the working with haptic feedback more, more easy, more accessible, et cetera. And I'm super excited uh, that we're growing the team and about to release, or we, we released a beta version, uh, but it's a private state at this moment. Um, but by kind of uh, mid-summer, end of this year, release a public version for it. Um, if someone's interested in getting an early access to it, uh, feel free to reach out. <laughs> Um, either through LinkedIn, I'm I'm rather uh, active over there, or send me a mail at uh, thomas at hapticlabs.io. I'm always super happy uh, to chat, learn about different needs, different challenges, different uh, topics, projects, and super glad to support uh, people and yeah, uh, learning more about haptics and supporting them and building yeah tangible, physical working prototypes. Awesome, love that. Thank you so much, Thomas, for joining us. Um, everyone stick around. If you're curious, yeah, hapticlabs.io, so many amazing insights, things that uh, will take you ages to find on Google, as Thomas mentioned. Um, so that's fantastic. Great tools for developers to learn more. Um, so check it out, hapticlabs.io. And then just jumping back in here, you know, we've reached the end of kind of a recorded session. Uh, so anyone who's listening now, you're missing out on some juicy questions. We've got audience questions popping up. We've got some that were sent in before, which is awesome. Um, and this just this happens every other week. We, we invite amazing guests like Thomas Mueller, who have uh, insights in the industry from all different areas, automotive, VR, gaming, um, everywhere in the space, which is super exciting. So a reminder to folks, um, our next guest is actually going to be Kyle from um, Non-Polynomial. 
Um, he's working in the adult space, which is one we don't get to talk about often, but is an exciting opportunity for folks who, um, especially on the user interaction side. So exciting, especially and with COVID and being disconnected, it's a space that's really um, important to talk about. Um, and of course, you can catch us at, at the Haptic Lab. Sorry, <laughs> you can catch us at thehapticsclub.com. Got too excited. Just just hawking Hawken Thomas's website there, <laughs> thehapticsclub.com, where you can find out who our next guests are going to be. You can RSVP, um, and we've got a newsletter so that you can stay in touch with what we're up to and, and what's happening next. And when things go live on things like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're everywhere. Um, so be sure to check it out. And the Discord channel. Yeah, we have a, a growing community now and we have a yeah. new things which is popping up in the journal club. There is a reading club for the scientific journals that popped up in the community. So be sure to subscribe to the Discord. You find it on the website and join the conversation. Thanks a lot, Tomas. It was a fantastic pleasure to have you here and we wish you to have you back in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, uh, Ashley and Eric and rest of the amazing Haptics Club team.